Welcome everyone. I'm Dr. Sam Humphrey from Grit Limited and you're listening to the Coaching Stories podcast. This podcast builds on the groundbreaking book, Coaching Stories, Flowing and Falling of Being a Coach, that I co-authored with my great friend and colleague, Karen Dean. Today's guest is Dr. Saida Zaidi. Saida is an architect turned local government project director, turned leadership coach and facilitator. She is a specialist in belonging, identity and culture and has six degrees and counting. She's an EMCC master coach, fellow of the Association for Project Management, a trustee and committee member of the British and Irish Association of Practical Theology and the founding convener and conversation architect at the Centre for Belonging and Understanding. Whew. <laughs> Welcome to Coaching Stories, Seda. Thank you so much, Sam. I'm delighted to be here. That's a very impressive introduction. Uh, and I can tell you now, my children will be appalled that um, a human being has six degrees, that learning <laughs> never stops. <laughs> it never stops. It never stops. So you and I met a long time ago um, in your coaching career, early in your coaching care, mm. career, Seda, when you were training to become a coach. That's right. And since then, you have established a very successful career. Um, so I think maybe to, to kick us off and get into this, um, why don't you why don't you share what part coaching plays in your current professional life? Mm. I, I would say personally and professionally, coaching is really, really significant and is every day in my life. Um, it's taken me a long time to get to the point where I can say my kind of average week is now divided into threes. So a third of it is spent doing stuff that I enjoy doing, be that learning or traveling or just, you know, a new experience in life. Um, a third of it is probably spent working one-to-one with individuals or teams, organizations with coaching or um, a kind of coaching facilitation in some respects as the the method of um, kind of exchange and passing on knowledge. And the other third is spent training and supervising coaches. Fabulous. Fabulous. And, and, and a nice even, even split and keep it, keeping things interesting, which I know is important to you. What we're going to do today, as you know, Said, is you're going to share some stories. Um, so your flowing story, um, as well as your falling story. And um, you know, people love to hear the car crash stories, and they also like to hear the, the successes, and, and, and they are important to celebrate. So when Karen and I wrote the book, we set out four different stages that represent that journey from novice to master. So they are setting out doing, integrating and being. And you've selected two stories for us today, one from doing, uh, no, one from integrating, one from integrating and one from setting out, which is great, going right back to the beginning of of your journey. Mm -hmm. Um, Why don't we start with your flowing story, um, which is is from setting out? So please share your story. Mm. So I remember my first experience of coaching and uh, there was a job that I wanted to apply for, which was two grades higher and had a 50% increase in salary. And you've got to remember that I was working in local government. So yeah. it's, 
impossible, you know, near on impossible for someone to go for a position like that and then to be able to get it with ease. And when I mentioned to the people around me that I was interested in applying for this job, everyone just kind of said, you are mad. You know, why are you putting yourself through this torture? And a friend of mine said, well, if you're really serious about this, why don't you hire a coach? And at that time, I had no idea what coaching was, but someone had given me something to kind of move myself forward rather than just supporting all the shutters to come down. So I explored this thing called coaching, got myself a coach. We met for, I think it was on a Tuesday morning at eight o'clock in Highbury Fields on a park bench, come rain or shine. And six months later, I got the job. So for me, that was a real testimony to what coaching can do in terms of really kind of being able to draw out all of that latent potential that is within someone. Let's move forward a few years. I then kind of realized that I wanted to do something different and left my role as a director in local government. And today, if I was advising someone or making the same decision, I would probably plan a little bit better and have something to go to. Yeah. And everyone was saying to me, Sayada, don't leave this job, you know, the security and the pension and everything else that goes with it. And, you know, my rebellious nature just kind of said, well, I've made my mind up, so I'm going to leave. And I did. I spent six months then listening and thinking, what have I done? And um, I, you know, I have this firm belief that, as we say, it takes a village to raise a child. I think it takes a village to raise an adult. And again, I asked someone for some advice and said, well, you know, what do you think? And of all of the options, one of them was kind of quite interesting and new. And someone suggested that I do some research on an organization called Mayla Campbell. And never heard of them before, kind of had some conversations, spoke to a few people. And to be honest, I was smitten. So I did my coach training and, uh, you know, it was, it was just like I kind of got into this sweet shop of all of the wonderful things that I never even knew were available in life. And that journey that I went on for myself in terms of my own growth was incredibly profound and powerful. And now the work that I do with others, I hope is the same too. And it's just really quite amazing in that, you know, 20 years ago, I had no idea what coaching was. And today it is pretty much my entire life. Fabulous. Fabulous. And that <clears throat> that lovely feeling too of that that sweetie shop moment. I a lot of people I think that will resonate with where you know you do feel that you've just been exposed to this wondrous choice of of things to pick up, ways to behave, new things to try out. So that that's lovely. That's lovely. So in the book, Seda, we asked ourselves a couple of questions as a way of reflecting on on our experience. So I'd like to ask you the same questions, if I may. Mm. So when you think about your setting out story, what do you wish you had asked? I I suppose it's 
how can I be more reflective? How can I pause a little bit more so that I can really relish that insight that I'm having in that moment? And why do I say that? Because one of the teachers, so one of the things that I teach the, the coaches that I'm training is that this process is really short. And yes, it will be transformative. But if you don't capture those insights in the moment, you kind of lose them. And I wish I'd just stop to pause a little bit more so that I could really enjoy that journey in a much more visceral way. Lovely. Lovely. And still reflecting on that story, what do you wish they had told you? Not to stress too much. You know, we're, I I love learning, but I'm kind of realizing that the one thing that I don't enjoy too much about learning is the examination process and the writing of the essays and, you know, just some of the, the tick box things that we have to do. That doesn't mean it's not important. It's just that I know that it can stress me out a little bit. Mm. And I wish that I'd just been told it will be okay and to to kind of enjoy it much more rather than worry about the results. Lovely. Great, great stuff. So that's, a, that's a fabulous example of, a, you know, your, your setting out story. And, and thank you for sharing that with us. Welcome. Can we turn our attention to the, um, the falling story? So these, these are the car crashes, the things that make us slightly cringe a bit or that blindside us. And you've got one from integrating. So a l- much further on in terms of your, your coaching journey. Mm. You want to share your falling story with us? Yeah. And interestingly, I mean, this is something that happened just a couple of years ago. <laughs> so, you know, as as coaches, we're still learning, we're still kind of getting new insights and and moments where you just kind of think, why did that happen to me? You know, so um, I'm working with a uh, with a client, incredibly successful um, kind of potentially in transition, working out what their next move would be. And um, at no point in the contracting, in the chemistry, in the first five sessions did what I'm going to share with you come up. And very clear on his goals, what he wanted to achieve, and literally all that time and effort and energy in those first you know, four or five sessions was spent towards a particular outcome. And then at the end of the fifth session, he said to me, oh, well, you know, my wife said this, so I have to do that. <laughs> and I just thought, no. like, why? I know. On a, I just thought, why didn't I ask? Like, how did I miss that actually his wife was such an important figure in his life? And so influential and, you know, it's absolutely the right thing to do in terms of thinking about the impact that holistically that the decisions you're going to make are having, but I missed it. And I thought, well, why didn't I just check in? Because we often ask that question of, you know, who are the people that will influence the outcome? And we get the response from a professional setting. And I missed asking about personal life. And and when you realised that, Sida, what what was going on? What, you know, at what point did you 
really, really um, get get to a place of peace with that, with the fact you'd missed that? Gosh, that is such a good question. Um, in one level, um, I would say maybe 15 minutes or so after the session, but, but hear me out because I still do my learning reflections after each coaching session. And that really helped me. But I did also take it to supervision because there was something lingering. And that conversation kind of helped me. But, you know, the fact that I'm still talking about it now means that there's still more learning to do. And I think we're never going to get everything right. And I know when I reflect back on all that time that I've had in coaching, every now and then something comes and the learning that you get from that is really significant. Mm. And I think it's about allowing that to emerge and for you to kind of um, go really deep in that rather than just saying, okay, I've learned a lesson, let's move on. Because mm. then you kind of ignore some of the real potential impact that it can have. And, you know, I've changed the way that I do my chemistry sessions and my contracting as a result of it, because I would like to really understand who or what, or, you know, anything that can influence that particular person in the journey that they're going to go on with me. Mm. Yeah, no, I can see that. I think the, the other thing I'm also noticing about that is I'm seeing an, um, uh, also a real strength, which I know in my experience and exchanges with you, Saida, is that part of, I can imagine, miss the reason for missing some of that is that when you are in flow with a client um there is often as if there is nothing else going on except the exquisite conversation between you and your client mm. so i you know i can imagine that that will you know not at all in any way a careless oversight but in fact a product of the you know absolute pure attention that you were giving to your clients and the rapport that was in existence there so you know I, I I rarely when you hear epic fail stories are they just epic fails you know there there is often something really sitting at the heart of it that's quite exquisite mm. uh, that's testament to the you know the coach telling the story yeah thank you I mean it, it's interesting just hearing your reflection and I mean it took me a long time to get to that point where you know, if you said to me, you've got a coaching session in 30 minutes, I'd be ready for it because, you know, we, we have lists or, you know, what's the perfect question? That's all that stuff that's going on inside our own minds. But now I know I can go into a session and leave all of that stuff at the metaphorical or literal door and come in and just be with somebody. Yeah. And but it you've got to keep kind of um, developing that muscle and be conscious of what is going on for you. And you're right. Sometimes in that things do get missed, um, but it still, it preserves and curates that quality of space that is absolutely necessary um, for what I think is a really kind of intimate and precious uh, relationship that you have with somebody. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So let me ask the questions in uh, reflecting on on that story, Seda. So, what do you wish you had asked? <laughs> I think that's going to be obvious. <laughs> you know, who else can impact or is going to kind of um, support you in guiding you through this transition or this journey that we're on together? 
Mm. Mm. And what about the the other question? So what do you wish they'd told you beyond the obvious? I mean, I, I, I think that it would have been, we all can have a sense of how important family is to our clients. And sometimes I get the sense that, you know, the coaching conversations that we have in the professional environment are viewed to be only uh, focused in on work and the impact that work has. And I wish that they had brought in some more of their personal um, stuff because then that would have given me an insight perhaps into what is going on for them outside of work. Um, And maybe I should have asked as well, but I think there is a really fine line, isn't there, between kind of knowing, you know, are you intruding too much by asking somebody about that or do they feel safe in sharing it? And ha- at what point do you just kind of like prod a little bit more? I mean, I'm very comfortable in, in kind of, you know, really, really poking and prodding when it comes to work things. But I think it's the client that sets the the parameter and the boundaries about the other things. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish they'd just told me a little bit more about that. Mm. Mm. No, I get that. And I, I absolutely, that point of, that resonates for me is around what's the point at which you can be more pokey without jeopardizing or risking the relationship and the Mm. safety you know of the space that you you've created that's that's a off a big judgment call and often a real dilemma about when you do that Mm. fabulous thank you thank you for sharing your stories I really am truly grateful for you sharing, you know, your vulnerability, um, being generous around that and, and your humility. And I think also important to note how, you know, although you are at peace with these stories, how they stay with us, how they stay with us no matter what. Well, that's it for today's episode. Um, I hope that Dr. Saeeda Zaidi's stories have given you pause for thought as you continue to experience your flows and falls. I'm Dr. Sam Humphrey, and thank you for listening.